Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as, I'm just some guy, don't go getting all excited. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Reed Parker. Uh, hello. Reed, hello. How do you introduce yourself in social settings? In social settings, um, I, I try and avoid them. Um, no, I, I just say, hello, my name is Reed. It's, it's fairly straightforward. I'm not, I'm not hiding behind a fake name or anything. Um, generally, is, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm laughing at the response. Cool. Um, yeah, in, in social settings, as in meeting people for the first time, I, there's been a fair bit recently where I've, I've met people around town uh, that have recognized me from online, which is mm. incredibly odd. It's that's taken me some getting used to. Um, they come up and say, hi, are you Reed? And I say, yes, I am. And it's really, really odd because I'm, I'm not a performer. I don't do anything on stage. All it is, is it's a little picture on Twitter and that's enough for people to recognize me, which has been staggering. Are you naturally uh, a shy person? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I'm not an introvert. Um, I think I've, I've looked at the, the little studies, the Bryce Meigs, Myers-Briggs studies, and I'm not an introvert technically. Mm-hmm. So I, I like being around people. I just find it hard to, to initiate conversation with them. So that, that, that's why online is good because I get a chance to, to think about my thoughts before I put them out. There's no stammering. There's no stuttering. I can just get what I want to say out in the first try. When you do find people that you're comfortable having conversations with, what inevitably are they about? Um, that's, that's a really interesting question. I should really pay more attention to what I'm saying. <laughs> what are they about? That, that's such an open-ended question. I mean, it, I, I like the idea of, I guess with mates, you just have a free-form conversation, a generally stupid mm. nonsense. So that that's, t- tends to be where, th- where things go. Um, if someone's heard an interesting story, we'll try and expand on that. We'll, we'll go on flights of fancy and, and see where they go. But no, it's what do any, what does anyone talk about? That's very true. What are you passionate about? Passionate? No, I'm, I'm too old for passion, far too old for passion. But, um, I, I think passion for me at the moment is making dumb pictures to put online. That's my current. I, mm. I, get, I take the most pleasure from that at the moment. Um, people seem to respond well to it, and I enjoy doing it. So I guess if I was having a passion, that would be it. Is that an extension of your normal paid role, or is this just something no. that you had an interest in? No, no, no. My, my paid role is uh, a face, doing faceless IT for a um, an insurance company. So. No, this is definitely an outside of work interest. Although they have how did you paid for a Photoshop license for me? I managed to um convince them that it was for my professional development and they've been very Excellent. Forgiving. Oh, oh I was gonna ask, so how did how did this develop for you then? If if faceless IT is the the you know nine to five deal? How does this creative pursuit? Because that's ultimately what it is: photoshopping, doing all of the crazy fun stuff you do. How how did that come to be? It came about, um, I discovered podcasts back in, I think it was 2008 or nine when, when Ricky Gervais was doing his podcast. 
Mm. And then when, when he stopped doing that, I looked around for something else to fill the void. And I heard this, that Kevin Smith, the director Kevin Smith, was doing Smodcast, mm-hmm. which I'm sure if you listen to a podcast now, you must have at least heard of that. And then I, I listened to that for a number of years and I thought, is there something local? And then d- just after I started looking, I discovered that Will Anderson had a podcast called Tofop. I'm like, oh, I've heard of Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. I should point out, I was um, I only moved to Australia in 2004, so I, I didn't have all of the uh, the knowledge of the Australian comedy scene. So he was this guy I, that I'd kind of heard of, and he was starting a podcast. I thought I'll have a listen, and I was hooked, absolutely hooked yeah. straight away. Um, from there, that was in 2010, and then uh, I remember Justin Hamilton. He had a, a guest spot on there, um, I think August September 2010, and I'm like, mm. uh, then I realised oh, I, I, there's some other comedians around. Melbourne that I haven't heard of. Okay, that's cool. And then the public bar, Steel Saunders, he, has, he started a comedy night called Public Bar Comedy in t- 2013 it was. And I saw that Justin Hamilton yep. was appearing there and I thought, here's a guy I've heard of, I'll go and see him. And then I realized there was a whole scene just bubbling away that I had no idea about. I'd never wow. really considered there was a Melbourne comedy scene. So then from there, I hopped onto Twitter and I discovered all these people and started interacting with them. And then mm-hmm. it's, it just kind of took off from there. You have, through the course of your very funny, uh, sometimes very poignant, I might add, work, Thank you. Uh, just in this, the not you know the the arty stuff, the the photoshoppy thing, gained quite a reputation, particularly within the comedy industry in Melbourne and and broader in Australia and and stretching overseas now. Um, how, how do you respond to that? This newfound uh, semi fame, more people. They've all been really generous and um, they're always willing to talk and to say hi and almost accept you as part of the community. It's, it's just incredible. You talk about community, comedy community, as, as much as podcasting community. What is it that you um, – what do you get out of this whole podcasting community thing? Yeah, I know. Uh, what do I get out of it? Um, it's, it's entertainment, but it's, it's a more interactive form of entertainment. So if, if you look at um, a podcast as a television show, that's that's one way. So you, you, you sit there and you enjoy the podcast and then you can hop online and kind of break through that wall. And it's not just the podcast. You're kind of interacting with the people that run it. There's the mm-hmm. comedy scene where you can watch a show and then talk to people about it afterwards. You can make your little jokes back and forth with them. And it's, just, it's much more immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, a, it adds a whole new dimension to which I guess is what started out as entertainment, but it's, it's become a lot more than that now. So I've just had a big slug of tea. My throat's still playing up with me. <laughs> Why tea over coffee? Um, I figured coffee might um, might wreck my voice even more. <laughs> no, I'm de- definitely a, bi- a big coffee drinker. I, it just it just felt like the time for tea. I'm not. There's I'm always not time be, for um, tea. <laughs> Absolutely. How do you describe your experience of family? My experience of family, as in my immediate family, my, my blood relatives, or yeah. are you just going for a broad world family kind of? You can be as deep or as shallow as you want in that, whether you want to share just, you know, I've got this. Well, that's or- excellent because I'm an incredibly shallow person. <laughs> and so I'm, we'll stick to that. <laughs> I have a mother and a father and two brothers back in New Zealand, mm. um, back in my hometown of Dunedin. Uh, they're, they're still, the four of them are still there. Mm. Um, I have a lovely wife who's in the other room. I'm sure try not to listen to this. Um, there might be 
kids on the horizon, I think, if we can pull our finger out. <laughs> but what does it mean to me? Mm. Um, isn't that funny? I've never really thought about it. I think, I think family are important. I think they're, they're, they're who made us who we are, whether it's positive or negative. We're the sum of our experiences with them, I guess. Was it a difficult choice to move countries in 2004? No. Um, no, because before that, we, um, she's my girlfriend at the time, we moved to London back in 2001. Why? We, we, we did the standard overseas experience. So yep. took off to London and, and lived there for two and a half years. Oh, how? I mean, two years. <laughs> I shouldn't be telling people that, that I stayed six months over my visa. You were only there for the appropriate amount of time. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And um, I, I was working for Channel 4 Television, which was really fun. Um, not a glamorous role. Right. It was more of a back office records management kind of role, but it kind of felt like I was in the entertainment industry, and that's what I told people. <laughs> What's the biggest lie you've ever told? The biggest lie? Why on earth would I tell that in public now? Well, okay, one that maybe has come to pass or that kind of thing. Um. Uh, biggest lie, a friend of mine uh, was in a car crash back when we were at, I think we were in between high school and we were, I mean, it must have been early university, he was in a car crash and he told us about how we, when he was in hospital, he was he was in there for quite a while. He was As he was recovering, he, he would get injections and they would make him feel better to the point that he wasn't fearing the needles because when the needle came, they would give him this relief. So he was mm-hmm. looking forward to being, so I used that whole story at the pub trying to pick up. Nice. And it almost worked. It almost worked. And then at, we're about to, to leave the venue and uh, I couldn't do it. I came clean. <laughs> how did she, and how did uh, she respond? Oh, sorry, I'm making an assumption. How did the person you were trying to hook in respond? Yeah, no, no she responded as you would expect. Um, <laughs> and I haven't seen her since. Some people just don't appreciate true creativity. No, like, it wasn't. I did add my own spin to the story. I mean, naturally, my friend was slightly taller, so I, I adapted the story to my own height. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I still look back in there and think maybe I could have handled things differently. But you live and learn. It, it's all part of what shapes us, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure that that. Well, actually, there was a, a few years before that. It's another. Oh, it's another young picking up story because mm. that's apparently what I'm hanging on to as a married man. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. It was uh, it was late night at a pub and I've been happily dancing with a, with a young lady just to paint the picture. And yeah. we were getting on well. And then she's like, Oh, would you walk me home? So I'm like, okay, I'll walk you home. I was a young guy. I was 18, 19, maybe. And we got to her house and she's like, would you like to come in and call, maybe call a taxi? No, bye. And I just walked off. And it was probably five or six years later that I looked back on that and then realized that it wasn't about a taxi. You were being propositioned and you missed out. Isn't that ridiculous? You, you think that, that at that point you would take anything as a sign, but I was young and naive. I don't think I've really yes. grown out of that. I try, I try and take people at, at face value. I think it's, it's much easier for interactions if you, mm. if you take people at face value. Do you 
is is that a choice taking people at face value because of past experience, or that's just always been uh, no, I, the I think way I, you've I, approached life? I like to try and give people the benefit of the doubt. I, I, it's 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 a very conscious choice. I, mean, I, I know because people can be idiots. I try and if, if this is the person they're putting forward, I try and believe that person. But I don't know. I think it's it just, it just if that's who they want to be, then then let them be that person. I don't think I should try and read things, read into, read into them too much. Does that make sense? I'm not sure mm. that makes sense. Feel free to cut that part out. Okay, That's no, fine. it makes <laughs> sense to me. This okay. is this is your experience, Reid, and this is uh, the the delightful part of chatting with you is that that I and and those listening get to hear a bit about your thought process and understand just a smidge of who you are. And that's that's a wonderful thing. I think the more understanding that we can have about everybody uh, provides us with that little bit extra amount of grace and tolerance, uh, you know, in times when maybe it gets a bit testing. Well, that's a hell of a lot more eloquent than I put it. No, I wouldn't say it's eloquent. I just read it off a page. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I, I should have bought the internet with me. Oh, well. That's all right. That's cool. what's, what's your favourite TV show at the moment? Favorite TV show? Oh no, I can't. I can't tell you that. It's it's. What's well, a TV a sh- show you would like to have as your? Favorite? No, 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 that's fine. It's too late now. I've been watching a show called The Last Ship. Yes, it, it is. It is quite dreadful. It's quite dreadful. It's it's proper American flag waving patriotism. It's about the this ship that was sent to the Arctic for, yes. for a four month thing, and when they came back, most of the world's population had been wiped out due to some virus. Oh yes, and it's I ridiculous. Know yes. It's produced by Michael Bay. It's got Adam Baldwin of all people. And, Look, and, I think that that's where it needs oh. to. Yeah, you don't need to say too much more after it's produced by Michael Bay. It, yeah, I think as soon as you say that, you know exactly where it's going, and it's dumb, and it's got dumb characters, and it's got a lot of guns and violence, and I, I'm enjoying it. And I feel, what, what's like, the I, I feel bad, but I'm enjoying it. Sorry? What's the itch that it's scratching what for what? you? What is the itch that that show the is itch? scratching for you? I think maybe it's just because I like to sit down occasionally and switch off. Mm-hmm. And it's a good show to just switch off to. You don't have to pay attention. You're not trying to remember a thousand characters like yes. you would with, with True Detective, perhaps. You can watch it. You can forget about it. And it's just a nice way to wind down at the end of the day. What do you like to That's do to relax? Is. There's nothing too deep. Relax. Um, well, I've discovered gin recently. Mm-hmm. I've discovered that uh, that's a great way to relax. No, I, I don't really have a have much in the way of stress in my life, which maybe it would be good to have a bit of pushback from the world. But I'm, I'm quite comfortable. I, I have a have a fairly comfortable job. They're they're good to me. I've got enough work to keep me busy. I don't have too much that I'm coming home pulling my hair out. I haven't got a stash of weed that I need to break out. <laughs> it's just a yeah. I've got nothing to relax from. I feel really bad for saying that, but no, my, my life's quite comfortable. How do you challenge yourself? <sighs> you mean how should I challenge myself? How do I challenge myself? I um, I really don't. If you've got any ideas for me, let me know, and it, it, it'd be good to <laughs> maybe discover where my boundaries are. Maybe I'll join the gym on Monday. Possibly Le- uh, learning how to Photoshop. 
surely was a, a challenge in, in some degree. I mean, there's for you have a fairly right brain job and photoshopping stuff is a fairly left brain kind of creative pursuit. Yeah, it is. Or maybe maybe that's my form of relaxation. It's a it's a way of, of using a, a different part of my brain. So maybe that's where I I get to relax. I just happen to do it occasionally during work hours, which is which is actually quite nice. I mean, during my lunch break at work. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, however it may, happens to work. Do you have a favourite? Um, Photoshop that you've done that you look at and go, you know, that one I'm really proud of because it was either challenging or because it, it really hit a point or, or, or was, you know, inv- accepted well by the community? I think my, my, I have two favorites. One, because it's dumb and it's um, probably the most popular thing I've done. Um, I'm sure you remember, I think it was last November, the Kim Kardashian naked magazine cover and mm-hmm. with the hashtag break the internet. Yes. And I was looking at that and realized if you flip, flip it sideways and put it on a Homer Simpson's face, you can barely tell the difference. <laughs> and that is still doing the rounds now. And I, it's, it's a ridiculous picture, but it, it's, still, it's still one of my favorites purely because it went everywhere. And that's, it was that photo that made me realize I should put my name on everything that I make because I, I put that out without my name on there and it went everywhere. <laughs> Including the uh, the fat Jew, so that's one of my little claims to fame. I was plagiarized by that guy. What was that like to discover that someone had ripped off your work and took claim for it? Uh, it I think because everyone knew what this guy was doing, it, it didn't really bother me at all. He wasn't so much claiming it as his own as he was posting it without saying who actually did make it. Honestly, I, I didn't get paid to create the image. I think the fact that people might find it funny, I think for me, that, that's enough. I don't do comedy or Photoshop for a living. So it didn't feel like anyone was taking money or food out of my mouth. Mm. So it didn't bother me. I'm like, as far as people are enjoying it, then go nuts. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're all right. Um, the one that I think uh, I'm most pleased with that's not Kim Kardashian's butt is um, it's one I did last year with the, there's a scene from Total Recall where Arnie lifts off the, or the big fake head that's been mm. attached over his head. And I switched out the heads. So there was um, Rupert Murdoch lifting a Tony Abbott head off the top. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's, that's, that's the one I've got pinned to my um, my Twitter profile at the moment. I, it, it was tricky to do. And I think until well, – it, it's becoming relevant again as as, uh, as Murdoch seems to be getting back behind Tony Abbott. It, it seems to be mm. more relevant again. Um. I think with, with, with the political Photoshop stuff, I've, I've really got behind that because as a, as a Kiwi living in Melbourne or living mm-hmm. in Australia I, and what's effectively a non-skilled job, I can't get the citizenship. Like even permanent res- residency is, is tricky, and which means I'll probably never be able to vote. Um, so this is my way of pushing back against the system that's preventing me from becoming a, a full member of the country. Nice. <laughs> if only more people channeled their energy into such uh, entertaining and frivolous pursuits. Yeah. Yeah. I think the world would be a bit more happy if, if there was a, a few more Photoshop Abbott heads. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the, the one thing I do try and do with, with my stuff is uh, no text. 
You won't find mm. anything textual on on any photoshops that I do. There's just something about that impact font that really that really grinds my gears. So I try and keep everything clean. So if you want to put your own little message on there, then go ahead. But whatever I put out, the, the photo should speak for itself. Do you have an interest in taking photos? Um, I do, but I don't do it. Uh, it. It's one of those things. I think it it takes a real it takes a real eye to take a good photograph. Um, I'm, I'm more I'm more happy taking photos of things rather than taking photos as art. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm quite happy taking a photo for <clears throat> to keep a memory. So if I'm on holiday and I see something interesting. I'll take a photo and then 10 years time, I'll know I took that photo. I was there. So I, I, I guess I, I take snapshots. I like taking snapshots. I don't like taking photographs. If the, if the difference makes mm-hmm. sense. Yourself, are you a photographer of any stretch? I, I appreciate it a lot, um, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm certainly not very good at it. So I never had an eye for it. Uh, and putting a, you know, a camera in my phone doesn't make me any better <laughs> at it at all. No, I, I think it, I think having having a camera in, a, in your phone it makes you more likely to take a photo, but less likely to think about what you're taking a photo of. Because I guess with digital as well, you can take off you can take a thousand photos of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas back in the days of film, you'd you'd really have to think about what you were doing because you wouldn't find out for a week whether whether it even worked. Yes, I, I've seen there's people the people that that um. Uh, the most recent on my list of people that annoy me, I've seen plenty of tourists walking around the city taking photos on their phones. They don't stop to take the photo. They don't even stop moving their feet. It's it's incredibly common, and it just it winds me up. Why bother? Just just stop for one second. Stop for one second. Point your camera. Take your photo. Move on. Why are you in such a rush? Just just relax. Is there a, a moment in your life? that you look back on, reflect on, and think that this this happening was so pivotal to me being who I am? Oh. Pivotal. I think every moment in your life is pivotal. Every, everything that you do is, is it's a sliding doors moment. Mm-hmm. Every decision that you make can, can well, I wonder if I hadn't caught a taxi that night, if I, it would have been a confidence boost at a young age that might have changed my whole attitude towards life. Who knows? Maybe that was pivotal. Sure. Actually, the, um, the, the car crash that my friend was in, I was late leaving work and I was supposed to be in the back seat of that car and that would have probably split my head open. So that was pivotal. Why? It didn't make me who I am, but it, but it, it gave me the ability to be who I am just mm. from, from the sheer fact that I'm here. That's, yeah, that's, that's a big moment, Reid. It is. And I don't really think about it often enough. I was very lucky. The, the, the car rolled down a bank and the back seat, the roof above that was bent in like a V. So it probably would have stung at the very least. <laughs> As an understatement. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll call, we'll call that it. That was a pivotal moment. The one, one that I think I should um, take stock of more often. Let me write that down on my little pad. <laughs> Things to be thankful for. <laughs> Brilliant. Where is the line between public and private for you? 
Oh, that that is a great big fat grey blurred line. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure there is one anymore. Uh, the the line between public and private ends with, uh, I guess, my bank account. Anything that I, that I spend money on, I don't want people knowing my financials. Mm-hmm. Everything else is pretty fair game. If it's if I'm a uh, Oh God! I'm. Ve- I think I'm very, very Gen Y with my attitude towards online. Even though I'm in my late thirties now, I think I've got the attitude of a much younger person online. I'm much more willing to share things about myself. I think because I've realised that most people that I'm sharing with are also humans. They also have their own interests, and I think the more you share, the more they seem to share back. Maybe if I just got out more and met more people in real life, I wouldn't feel the need to do that. Do you think? Uh, do you think that, uh, given that you are an expat Kiwi living in Australia, and the cultures are similar in a lot of areas, but where they differ, do you think they're very different? They are. They are. They are different. I, mean, I lived in London with um, the first house that we lived in was there were seventeen people there. I think there were half South African. A few Australians and some Kiwis. 17 people. Yeah. Well, 17, 17 on the lease. I think we got up to 22 at one point. It was a big house. How many toilets? Two. Wow. There were two. I know, possibly said, sorry, the guys on the top floor had an ensuite, so technically three. But yeah, it was, it was a little bit cramped. But then, again, that was that was a fun time. We were in our early twenties, so there's always someone to drink with, someone to go out with, yep. someone to party with. That was always fun. But the um, living there, I think you you realise how similar Australians and Kiwis are. Mm-hmm. You um, you're surrounded by all these different people, and you realise that you all follow rugby, you all drink beer. Our attitudes were very similar, so we thought after London, we'll. we'll go somewhere big. We couldn't go back to Dunedin. I think there's 130,000 people there. It was a little small after living <laughs> in somewhere as big as London for, for a couple of years. And we had friends from Melbourne and they were the only people that we spoke to in London that couldn't wait to go home. So we we're like, oh, well, that must be a good place to move to. Let's move to Melbourne. So we went back to New Zealand for, for Christmas and then moved to Melbourne in um, the start of 2004 and realized, oh, no, Australia is a little bit, little different. I think Melbourne especially because the um, – the AFL is not something that I'd I'd heard of it, but I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't yes. realise it was something that you get tattooed on at birth. Yes. When we got to customs, the um, oh, I've said this so many times, I'm not even sure if it's true. But there's someone at the airport. Welcome to Australia. What team do you support? <laughs> it's not not what sport do you follow. It's not where you're staying. What team do you barrack for? Welcome to Melbourne. And to be honest, I haven't watched a whole game yet. One day, um, the Richmond Tigers. My, my cousin supports the Tigers, so I thought I would I would follow the same team as him. And I often wonder if maybe I'd pick a different team if I would have more interest in the sport. True, but you are right though, because in in Melbourne, Victoria, it is something that you know. Here's my son; he will be a bulldog supporter, or he will be a, a this supporter yeah, or that supporter. Absolutely. Or or, if you see two two people meet and and. Within a minute, they know which team the other one barracks for. It's, it's just part of your makeup. It's like it's like um, 
coming up with your political affiliation or whether you're Christian, whether you're Catholic or Chinese or a Richmond supporter. It's, it's so much a part of the makeup. But good on them. They, they, they found something that they like. What happens after we die, Reid? Nothing. We, from my point of view and mm-hmm. from my experience and from what, from the evidence that I've seen, we die and everything stops. I've seen no evidence to the contrary. And until you can show me that, that's it. It's, it sounds kind of depressing, but I, I think that, that, that just means enjoy while it lasts. I don't think there's yep. any greater meaning to it. We're just a, a big bundle of cells. So enjoy them while they're still functioning. Mm. No, I... Yeah, it, it, it's not deep. It's, it's not a deep thought. It's not, it's, it's not really something that I think about. I mean, my, my mother was brought up Catholic. My father never mentioned religion when we were growing up. And neither did mum really. So I didn't, even, I didn't really know about gods until, oh, well, I would have been a teenager before it really came up. And I think I really have to thank them for that. They, they didn't have any, any dogma to push at me. I just grew up with the world around me and, and realized this is it. And it's pretty cool. Kiwis, New Zealanders have a, a very interesting sensibility about them, I've found. Uh, and, and I'm looking for your response to this, where Australians tend to be quite vitriolic um, and, and can divide between themselves very, very quickly. New Zealanders seem to have a broader or a more general acceptance of, oh, you think that, I think this, no worries, let's just get on with life. Do you think that's fair or have I mis- misjudged your compatriots? No, I, I think, I think that that's probably, uh, it, it's probably fair. Uh, I think, um, I'm not sure that that means that New Zealanders are more accepting of other people. I think it means that we're just less likely to speak up about our differences. I think mm-hmm. if, you, if you disagree with someone, then we, did, we generally just don't want the confrontation so much, whereas I think Australians are, are generally, obviously, there's obviously a very broad generalisation, but Australians seem to be more comfortable telling someone what they think. There's a, there's a bit more boisterous kind of noise and bluster about an Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, I think whereas Australia, I think in that way, is is more aligned to an American approach to things. Don't take offence to that, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can if you like, whatever. And, and then we, I think New Zealand, I think we're more... English in our sensibilities, we're a bit more quiet and introspective, and maybe that that comes comes across in our acceptance of people. Was that even the question you asked? I'm, I've confused myself now. No, no, that's close enough. It, 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 my yes, short answer is yes. Your answer was e- excellent in the context. Great. <laughs> what, if anything, do you miss uh, about living in New Zealand? Oh, family. Absolutely, the family. I think um, because we are considering having our own family here in Australia and and knowing that the grandparents will be a flight away instead of a drive away, I think that'll make a big difference. Um, it'll also mean a difference with babysitting, but that's cool. We can work around that. Mm. I think, um, yeah, as I've got older, I think I've grown to appreciate how much family does mean to me. It's one of those things that I did take for granted because my even my extended family back in Dunedin, they were all driving distance away. There was nothing stopping you from going to visit your grandmother or your auntie or uncle because Dunedin is maybe 15 minutes from one end to the other. There's not a whole lot of ground to cover, whereas getting from Melbourne to Dunedin, that's two flights and half a day's travel. 
So it's just not as easy to, to touch base. I mean, yes. Skype and, and Skype and FaceTime, are, are, they're all well and good, but it's not the same as being there. Yes. That and the food. <laughs> there, there are just some things that, that aren't quite the same. Uh, I've been making, if you have any Kiwi listeners, lolly cake is something that, that will be familiar to them. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big mashed up mixture of lollies, malt biscuits, condensed milk, and a bit of butter. And it sounds, it sounds rank and really to the uninitiated, it probably is. But I've made a few of those in the last couple of months and it takes you right back to being five years old again. <laughs> they were, they were, they're made with ingredients that we brought back from New Zealand with us on our last trip. And I've now yeah. run out. So we um, we had a trip out to Werribee today. That's a it's a good hour and a half return trip to find out that the, the uh, local Kiwi shop has closed down. So we can't even buy the ingredients oh. anymore. So it's my family and lolly cake. Where will you get your LNP from? Um, I think, I think, uh, insert large supermarket chain does LNP now. Yeah, actually, you're right. I think they do. Yeah, I, I don't want to mention Coles on here. Oh, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, no, we we are so beyond commercial. <laughs> Fantastic. Family, I think the um, being home for the flag debate would have been nice. Sure. Well, you might have heard that New Zealand is, is having some ridiculous decision to change the national flag. Which is your um, preference? My preference is for none of the four that have that it's come down to, to be honest. They, they all come across as logos or brand logos rather than a, flag. a national flag. They look like they'd be at home on a T-shirt or a cheap trucker's cap rather than as the national emblem for the country. Mm. I mean, I, I, I appreciate the old one. I understand why they want to remove the Union Jack because it's not relevant anymore. Um, but these... Big silver fern thing. It just, it just looks, it doesn't look right to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you have to vote in New Zealand elections and stuff? <clears throat> um, I don't have to. There's no, there's nothing compelling us to vote. I think I'm, I was registered to vote, but I, there's I, no I, law to say you have to, no, or it's just no, that, because you're overseas you don't have to. No, I think that's, that's fairly, fairly unique to Australia. The compulsory voting. In New Zealand, we don't have to. It's encouraged, of course, because it's, it's nice to take part in the in the political process. Yep. And I think I could have been el- – I was eligible to vote in the last two elections, but I decided not to because I wasn't there. I felt like I, I shouldn't have a say in a country that, I've, that I'm have i not living in anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm stuck in between. I don't get to vote in anything. Like My voice doesn't get heard through the political platform, so I stick to doing it online. It's not quite the same posting a little picture, but that's my way of hoping maybe maybe influencing a vote in one way or the other, or at least reinforcing the resolve of someone that does want to vote in my favour. The revolution starts with one layer. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months, Reid? Next 12 months? Um, life-wise, nothing big. I'm putting a water tank in tomorrow. That's uh, <laughs> that's probably not what you're looking for. What am I going to achieve? Uh, Water tank is good. It is good. It is good. But it's not really a life goal, is it? I get the same questions from mum and from my boss. Who's more, <laughs> he's more than willing to help me with professional development and paying for courses. I'm 30-something years old, and I don't know where I want my life to go. It's, it's, a, really, it's a really tricky question. Mm. It, it's... I don't know any more what I want to do now than I did when I was at primary school. 
because I know as soon as I start doing it, I'll get bored and want to do something else. Mm-hmm. I hear that's a sign of intelligence, but it doesn't help me. Reed, I know that a lot of people will uh, appreciate the conversation we've had today. Thank you so much for that. On Twitter, you are Reed Parker underscore. Do you have any other social accounts you want to own up to? Uh, own up to? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm also on Instagram under Reed Parker underscore. Uh, you'll probably find a lot of the same material. So pick your favorite platform and just and just choose one if you like. Uh, I also run a an Instagram account and Facebook page, which is this popular, called Better With Batman. Which is very, and very good. It's a ridiculous premise. Um, it's a, this is another throwback to TOEFOP. Uh, mm. It was discussion between Will Anderson and Charlie Clawson. They were talking about if Will had unlimited money, he would like to go back and refilm all of his favorite movies, but with Batman as a main character. Mm. So I, I did a couple of those a few years ago and put them online and they were well-received. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll start a little Tumblr page because that's what people do is they start those. And I put a bunch of pictures up and it got picked up by BuzzFeed and it was published in a lot of various um, aggregate websites and that took off for a little while. So that's quite fun. And now I'm just looking to see how I can <laughs> I can regain that notoriety, little spike in popularity, and, and I can see why people would they would want to keep doing it. You get that little taste, and you, even though I couldn't do anything with it, I wasn't making money mm. off it. It was just really fun seeing how far these things spread. Yes, this has been the humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that Reed Parker underscore is indeed.